Have you ever had uh, a project and you finish it and you derive just such a great sense of joy and completion at the close of a project? We have simple things like that where, for instance, mowing the lawn in the summer is one of my favorites. It feels so good when you've hit the last little inch of lawn and it's gone. And you're like, wow, that was awesome. I completed it. Sometimes there's bigger projects. Maybe you're building a house. Uh, and all the details and all the planning, you get to watch it as it goes from step to step to step. And it reaches that moment of completion. Or sometimes maybe you've been frustrated at an unfinished project. I remember when I was a seminarian, we started my community, the Companions of Christ, and um, Father Mike Rapp, who you'll probably all meet, he's in Rome right now, but when he comes to town, he generally fills in, and you'll know him because he's in a collar, and you'll think he's one of our like, junior high kids, <laughs> but he actually turned 30. Who knew? But Father Mike always has these grandiose ideas and dreams, and he almost never finishes them. And one of them, I remember in seminary, he wanted to thank a priest in the seminary. And he thought, you know what, I'm going to carve Father Glenn a bookcase. And we were like, "Uh uh-huh, sure you are, Mike. And he started off and he got this great tool set and he actually learned how to kind of elementary do some carving. And he made the, the, the lintel, the top of the bookcase. And it really, I was very impressed he spent all this time, and it was, it was amazing. But we still have that. <laughs> and that's it. Sometimes we have unfinished projects. And oftentimes when we think about these things, brothers and sisters, we tend to think about things external to us. But the simple point I want to make t- this morning is that the greatest project you will ever have in your life is you. It's not your business. It's not uh, an intelligence or um, some kind of building. It's not even a bookcase. The greatest project that each of us has is ourselves. I always feel bad for whoever has the second reading because priests tend not to preach on the second reading. So... But this week, I thought I'd throw that second reading a bone. I'm such a generous guy, aren't I? But Paul says in our letter to the Philippians today, it's such a beautiful phrase. Scripture is so rich. It's so rich. And this is just a greeting that Paul has to the church at Philippi. But even the greeting is packed with just beautiful theological gems. And Paul says this, He says, I am sure that he who began a good work in you. Who's that? That's God. You're here today. God started something in your soul, in your your heart, in your life. For most of us, that began the day we were baptized. He started something. (laughs) Right? He got that little toolbox of, uh, you know, uh, chisels and carving utensils. I can't, I don't know nothing about wood. But he started something. And Paul says, I am sure that he who began a good work in you 
will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. What a great confidence. I was praying with this reading this week. The, the Greek word's really cool. I know you knew that was coming. There's, um, in Greek, the word telos is a goal. Right? When you're on a journey and you're going to your destination, the goal is the telos. It's the end. It's, it's when something comes to its, its preordained place of meaning. It's what Jesus says on the cross when he dies. Right? And when he's on the cross and he cries out, and in the Greek, Jesus says, Tetelestai. It is finished. That thing that he had been striving for his whole life. There's so much to that verse, by the way. A lot of scripture scholars think that it actually has to do with the days of the week. That God is making a new creation, right? You have the, the days of creation in Genesis 1. Well, the last day where God works in the Genesis story is Friday. It's day six. And God finishes all his work on day six. I didn't know I was going to talk about this, but I'm ADD. And <laughs> so God finishes creation on the sixth day on a Friday in Genesis 1. And a lot of scripture scholars think that Jesus' words, Tetelestai, it is finished, is the completion of the new creation. The Jesus Christ, through his suffering and death, accomplished something, right? But that word, tell us. We're going somewhere. There's a goal. There's a completion. There's a point. There is a purpose and a meaning to something. That's the word that St. Paul uses today in Philippians 1.6. He says, I am confident that the one who began a good work in you Telesai or epitelesai will complete it. He won't leave that work unfinished. Do you look at your life that way? Are so many of us, one of the biggest cop-outs, one of the things I always fear in marriages, for instance, is sometimes you hear married couples and they say, they get to a point and one of the spouses is growing you know, some of you have gone through this. You hit a point in your life, and maybe when you got married, your faith didn't mean as much to you. But then something happens, and you come alive. And sometimes the other spouse doesn't like that. And they say, well, you know who you married when you married me. God is working on your heart and soul, and he has a telos for you. He wants to make you complete. Now think about that. Have you ever met someone who's complete? I mean, not fully. None of us ever really get there, I think, totally in this life. But have you ever met those people who are so well put together, who have conquered their vices, for instance, right? They're patient. They're forgiving. They're generous. They're courageous. I hate those people. <laughs> I always say that. I actually love them. <laughs> but aren't they inspiring? To, when you meet someone who's complete, you think, wow, I want to be like that. I can be a better man than I am. 
I can pursue God. I can be more Christ-like. I can follow after him. There are also those of us, by the way, like none of us is really complete, but there are a lot of us who haven't even worked on it in a long time. Maybe one of you is here today. Um, You're like, is he going to call on me? One of my favorite books, there's a great novel called Brides Head Revisited. And there's this great line in there. There's a character, Julia, in Brides Head Revisited, and she marries the wrong guy. And she marries a guy who's has a lot of money and he's, he's kind of, I don't know, a big personality and I imagine he's good looking but I don't know how women find men good looking. That's a mystery. But, he's, but she says this. This is a great line from Julia. Julia says, and they get divorced and they're ca- Julia's a Catholic and she says, you know, Father Mowbray hit on the truth about Rex at once that it took me a year of marriage to see. He simply wasn't all there. He wasn't a complete human being at all. A tiny bit of a man pretending he was the whole. You see, there's there's a biological and physical maturity, and there's a spiritual maturity. And God, brothers and sisters, has a project. It's you. So back to Paul in Philippians. What does he say today? He says, It is my prayer that your love may abound more and more. Is that a goal in your life? Do you love more than you did last year? It should be. Do you love God more than you did last year? Do you love your your family and, and your neighbor more than last year? Does it abound more and more? That you may approve what is excellent and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. That word blameless, Paul uses that a number of places in the New Testament. But think about that. You know, a lot of us have a hard time understanding Mary's Immaculate Conception, which is a holy day of obligation on Tuesday. We have confessions if you don't make it. Um, Mary is pure and blameless. And Paul tells us today, Advent's a great Marian season, Paul tells us that the goal of God, God's tell us for you, his goal, what he is leading you to, is to be pure and blameless. You know what another word for that is? Immaculate. Mary teaches you and I what it means to be a Christian. God's tell us for you is that you would be like Mary, that you would be like Jesus, that you would be pure and blameless. Is that even on your radar screen? Brothers and sisters, this is what Advent's about. Advent is not just about manger scenes and, and thinking about our presence and eggnog and those are all great things. The church is calling you to pull your head out of the weeds of your daily life and say, what is my life about? There's a, there's a song I just love by a guy named Sean McDonald. And he's talking about the day of Jesus, the day when Jesus Christ will come to judge the world. And all he says in that song, he says it over and over, he just says, I want 
to be ready. I want to be ready for that day. It doesn't happen overnight. Do you want to be ready? It doesn't just happen by going to confession once. Of course that forgives your sins. But what about your character? Have you overcome your jealousies and your anger, your lusts? Are you working on those? Are you confident that God can do that in your soul? As we go through Advent, brothers and sisters, pull yourself out of the world. Stop the distractions and pray about this. Are you ready for the day of Jesus Christ? Do you know your telos, the place God is leading you to make you complete? Jesus, we ask for that. Lord, I've got small goals. I've got small projects. All these things I want to get done. But Jesus, would you work on me? Would you make me your project? Would you complete me so I can be pure and blameless on the day you come?